The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And finally, before we get to the episode, do not forget to download the SGPN app because it is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. But of course, first you have to download it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 84, I believe. I'm pretty sure the last one was 83, and I think <laughs> 84 comes after 83, so we're going to go with this one being 84. And let's dedicate this one to a very special lady who just is having a birthday weekend this past weekend, or as you're listening to this, um, she has horrible taste in men, but uh, I think she's pr- pretty pretty cool nonetheless. Um, I'm hoping someone caught her a delicious bath and built her a cake for her birthday. So, and I know she'll hear this because she never misses an episode. She's our number one fan. So, this is this goes out to you. Who would I'm, I be? I'm gonna be hmm. honest, real quick. I'm I'm gonna jump in here. There's no way she's ever heard a single episode oh, of one oh of the God. podcasts. <laughs> you don't know who I'm talking about, and you're not you're not. Uh, introduced yet so no one knows who you are so you be quiet maybe maybe I we should not introduce me by the way <laughs> yes oh you just wait i my name's chef fox i'm your host and i'm, I'm gonna really quickly introduce my co uh, my associate host because he deserves a beating after what happened to him yesterday he, he took a beating yesterday um if you're listening to us on the mma gambling feed thank you very much if you're not listening to us on our feed please subscribe to it so you can get our podcast quicker into your ear holes or wherever you stick our podcast all right uh, my associate host is mr 80 percent apparently is his nickname but that doesn't apply for non-tuesday non-tuesday nights it does not apply on weekends that's for sure um son of ichabod the bear whisperer i I thought i had had some other nicknames for him too just some i think i had one that i just came up with i can't remember now maybe it'll come to me later but uh you may know him as a danimal or gumby um, or the guy who chokes with his picks as soon as the guy actually makes UFC, then all of a sudden he can't pick his fights anymore. He only picks his fights correctly when he's on the contender series. That could be a nickname for him soon. Um, he would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hi, Dan. Hey, what's up? Hey, the Braves are in the World Series, so yesterday yeah. wasn't a total wash for you, right? Yeah, you, you can't you can't damper my spirits. The Dodgers are gone. The Braves are in the World Series. Uh, I could have picked zero fights, correct, which, by the way, it was trending that way. Yeah, it was trending that way after, the, I believe, the first five. Six. Um, oh, first the first six, six. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was 0-6 <laughs> at a point, and it didn't get much better, um, but the Braves are in the World Series. Yes. Um what I want to know is why does everybody in the SGPN Slack, why are they all still like Oliver Dan 
Dan, 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 or Gumby, actually, I believe they call you. What does Gumby think? What does Gumby think? Ask Gumby this. Ask Gumby that. Gumby, <laughs> Gumby doesn't get picks right except, unless it's Tuesday. So why? Because we, no make, one has money an answer on, for we make money on Tuesday. It's true. Tuesdays are when we make money, and we will be getting to that uh, at the uh, second half of the podcast when we will be giving you the picks for the penantulum. Is that the word, Dan? Pen- penultimate? Pen- penultimate episode of Dana White's Contender Series, right? I, it's the second I think last that's one. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming up. I mispronounced it because that's that's what I do on this show. That's my thing. Um, all right, so, yeah, last night was, other than the Braves making the World Series, also there was actually a lot of fights this weekend. There was that KSW freak fight, which was fun, with, like, 800 pounds in the main event or 760 pounds or something in the main event. I didn't event. see. Did Pudzianowski win that? Yes, he did. He yeah. knocked him out. Yes. I, I uh, don't usually miss KSW, but I uh, the, the Braves were on. <laughs> yes. There was a lot. Of, and then um, Fedor had, did like a three-piece in the soda on Timothy Johnson, knocked him out. To see um, him still have one-touch KO power at this point. Yeah, that's wild, eh? Like, that was, that was the same kind of power he harnessed to beat out my, my – Your boyfriend, yeah. My boyfriend, Andre Arlovsky, years ago. And it was like, how still now does he have – don't get me wrong, power is the last thing to go, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing about a heavyweight is, like, your power sticks around the longest. But, like, even when he had it years ago, it didn't seem right. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look like he should be able to hit you hard. Uh, and then it just – like, what is he – how old is Fedor now? Um, Mid-40s, I would think by now. It's not just the – it's the hand speed, too. So fast. Yeah, that, it, it was – yeah, it, was, it wasn't even just like – you're right. It wasn't even just like he loaded up on it. It was, uh, it was just a thing of beauty at that age, which is great. He is 45. You were right. 45. Yeah. Uh, yes. just, tur- just turned 45. And it's not like he was fighting a chump. Like, Timothy Johnson's one of the best. He was ranked number two. This fight. He was ranked number yeah. two. <laughs> he, he fought for the interim title last fight, I think, right? Or something, yeah. or, or fairly recently, at least. So, uh, yeah, I think as long as no one touches Fader, then, then he can win a fight. But um, if, if you get him if you uh, get him on the chin, then it's going to be night-night. Uh, it doesn't matter how, how big you are. Uh, you, you're... Uh, You'll be able to knock out Fader. So, um, but yeah, as long as um, give him wrestlers that, that aren't going to punch him, and yeah, he, he can he can keep going. So, um, yeah, it'll that, be interesting hmm. to see what they do next with him. I know we're we're yeah. not fantasy matchmaking Bellator right now. That's like not the podcast we run. But like, I'm ridiculously interested to see. Like, so they have a champ at at heavyweight who he's already beaten. They have an interim champ who is, like, his protege and is is waiting in the wings to fight the champ. He just beat the guy right after that, number two. So, like, what, what do you do with him then, right? Like, you got to go in search of, like, a fun fight, but, like, what does Bellator have for, like, fun heavyweight fights at this stage of his career? So, like, man, I, I don't know what's next for him, but it should be inter- it'd be interesting to see if they just let him jump his buddy for one last shot at the belt. Yeah, get this, two straight knockout wins for him, and four out of five fights, he uh, he's four and one over the last five, all via knockout. Yeah. If, How and wild if, is that? He's four and two in Bellator. Yeah, I I just <laughs> I just don't understand. He 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 can't eat punches, but but like I said, he can dish him out still. So yeah. And that's that's I mean, like, wild. 
any any heavyweight at that stage in their career can't can't dish yeah. it out or can't take it, right? Like that that's yep. a thing. Yep. Very, very true, but we didn't have any money. I don't even know what the line was. What was the line on that? Fight, he was you know? a slight dog. He was like, was uh, he? I think I saw him plus 125, plus 130 area, um, yeah. which which is a huge, but like, I mean, man, he looked better than that. Yeah, I expect him to lose, so I wasn't, um, it's like, Timothy Johnson's got, what, half of his wins come via knockouts, so it's not like he's uh, got pillow hands or anything, but like he TKO'd Mitrione, he knocked out Terrell Fortune, so he's he's got knockouts in his names, but. Yeah. Anyhow, that, that was uh, it was a surprise. Good to see. And uh, shockingly, he's not going to retire now. Yeah. I thought this was big, I thought big, this was his retirement. Well, well <laughs> how could you? Uh, you know, no offense to, to Tim Johnson because I've even interviewed Tim Johnson before. I, I was going like, to get to that. Yeah, that's why he lost. Yeah, he, he has he is a guest of the Top Turtle podcast, and you know who is it? Fedor. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be a cat? If you had Fedor, that would be amazing. I have met Fedor before. He is a very nice guy. He's like super polite. Um, I met him one time. I think it was right after he started working for or started uh with Bellator. Um okay. but but uh yeah, like I, I like Tim Johnson, but like that can't be Fedor's swan song, right? Like and I know no. nobody gets to like pick their exit in this sport, right? Like the the sport chooses when you're done before you do most times. So like yeah, maybe he could just walk away with, with this right now, but like I don't know, like don't you at least want to see him against like Junior Dos Santos or Alistair Overeem or, like, one, one more like that. And, and, like, win or lose, go out like that. Or, worst-case scenario, let him fight for a title one more time. Yep. It is true. It is true. So, yeah, interesting, interesting uh, things. And I'm sure Scott Coker and Bellator couldn't be more happier with with how things went down uh, yesterday in Russia. Dan, on the other hand, not so happy about how things went down in Las Vegas. Um, he liked how things went down in – yeah, they were at home in Atlanta, right? But it was it was a home game. <laughs> yeah, wasn't so happy with how things went down in Vegas. So we're gonna get to that one sec. First, let me tell you about WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New users can bet $1 and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, I'll do, they did the math for us here, guys. You bet $100, bucks, you will get $200 free bet. Uh, max wager is $750, bucks, so they will match it up to $1,500 bucks for you there. And Dan actually gave out a pick last time, and it came through. Uh, well, actually, it was a push. Um, you, you had Both. Chicago minus six, and, and they won by six. So yeah, I, I watched that one pretty intensely. Being like, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, they're gonna put. They were up like fucking fourteen with yep. like a couple minutes to go, uh, and just like gave up some real lazy looking baskets. <laughs> and now. And now Dan's uh, going to tell you what to bet on the World Series with with the bonus. Oh no, I won't. No, yeah, I won't. you are. Yeah, oh. you have to. Win that oh. needs you to do that, Dan. No, Please, I can tell uh, you. How about how about <laughs> I give you a basketball line? I like. Okay, fine. You have you have another line, do you? Yeah, take take the uh, take the the. I'll give you two. Take the Bulls minus two and a half against the Raptors tomorrow, and take the Bucks minus three against the Pacers. Uh, Pacers aren't going to hold that pace against uh, that Bucks offense. No, minus three is a very good line for that. Yeah, I definitely, definitely, um, 
Agree with that. So get on WinBet and do that. They got great promos, odds, and payouts that are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Did you know I was going to ask you and you had stuff prepared or what? No, I've been looking at basketball lines lately. Oh, I used to be really good at betting basketball. Uh, it used to be like one of the things that I uh, used to supplement my bad MMA picks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had a yeah, I had a no. I, I actually never did that great of basketball. I think about it. We uh, yeah, me and my associate I was betting with. We uh, he went on tilt and, and blew all our money on on some huge bet at the end there, and yeah, that was the end of that. So it was, it was baseball this year for me. Baseball. Was was very nice, as it continues to be very nice for me. How about MMA, Dan? How, how's your uh, uh, Saturday I'm night Tuesday. MMA pick? <laughs> you, had to, you had to specify, how are <laughs> yep. your Saturday night? Uh, over the last couple weeks, not great. <laughs> That's because uh, Superfan Jong in the um, Slack channel is always defending you. You say, well, it doesn't matter if he sucks on Saturday because Tuesdays, uh, he's 80% on Tuesdays, so... I'm not going to be 80. I'm not going to be 80 percent this upcoming Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, you, you can get 4.8 fights, right? Can't you? <laughs> no. We could get a draw, I guess. <laughs> we could. We there got a points, draw last night, and we got taken away quickly too there. in the the main event. There was, the main event was almost a draw. Yeah, it's true. All right, so we're talking about Costa versus Vittoria, That wacky. Like, it was bound to be wacky, uh, even without all the the weight cutting stuff. But with those two guys, those two knuckleheads in the main event. But yeah, it. Uh, the weight class changed even from the time we recorded it. went up again. It went from 185 to 195 to 205. So uh, uh, Marvin Matori gladly took, uh, I think, estimated on uh, the site where I run um, fighter salaries, MMA-manifesto.com. I estimated the cost had probably made about 100 grand. So he And Vittori said he got 30% of that. So he got 30 grand just for uh, fighting at light heavyweight. So I kept thinking and saying that the, Tori got by uh, Costa with all this weight stuff, but he won the fight and he probably got around 20 to 30 grand out of uh, Costa's purse. So who's the sucker after all, I guess. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I think they're both, they both got suckered in a way, but yes, it worked out. It worked out best for Vittori. Yes. Yeah. We well, I saw that. I saw it coming. I was not, um, to be fair, I was not um, very, very confident with with the pick. I had Vittori minus 162. Dan had Costa plus 130. Uh, in the end, <clears throat> Vittori prevailed 48-46, 48-46, 48-46, um, which isn't just the score of the fight. It also is a summary of uh, both men's IQ that were in the fight. 48 and 46. So, uh, I think Vittori is probably a, a 48, and Costa is about a 46 is what I would say. So. I saw that was a meme going around. Was, is this the lowest um, combined IQ in the UFC um, fight ever? And I'm thinking, yeah, probably. Um, I, I, I got to imagine there were some ones in the earlier probably. ones that were a little bit more questionable. In the olden days. so You got to imagine a Tito Ortiz fight broke down. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can't forget about Tito. It's true. Um, so Costa was clearly the bigger man. I think Dana White's well, – it's Dana White, though. So consider the source. But I think he said that – Vittori was 208 at fight night, like uh, at the time of the fight, and Costa was 220. Uh, I don't know if they weighed them before or what what the case was. Uh, I know California, I think they weighed them right before also, but uh, don't think they do it in Vegas. So this could just be Dana talking out of his ass like he normally does. But 
And, you know, um, Costa was clearly the bigger man, um, and he was breathing through his mouth almost immediately, making it seem like he was getting tired, but somehow he kept going. Um, he won the last round. He kept throwing big, big kicks. Uh, he definitely was landing the more impactful strikes, yet Vittori clearly won the fight. He clearly did more and um, lit up Costa more. Um, Costa losing a point for an eye poke helped the situation, but uh, Vittori would have won the fight regardless. So um, why did you get this one wrong, Dan? How did uh, how did Costa let you down? Was it Vittori's chin was better than I, you expected or what? I actually don't think Costa let me down as much as Vittori proved me wrong. Um, he, you know, like I had said a whole lot about how, you know, I, I didn't trust Vittori's hands. He looked really bad in his fight with uh, Kevin Holland in the brief moments it was on the feet. Um, yeah. But he, he, and don't get me wrong, he did, he wasn't winning all the exchanges on the feet, but he did look good on the feet. He was landing a lot on the feet, which is yeah. more than I thought he would do. Um, and obviously getting to mix in that takedown that he, he got at that one point and other things like that helped. But uh, I was surprised at how good he was on his feet. Um, so rather than sit here and say that, you know, Costa did something, you know, that may, you know, disappointed me. And don't get me wrong, he you know, he could have done other things in other places. But he fought largely like I expected he would. And, and I think Vittori, Vittori took a step forward, which is... Uh, hilarious and weird because like <laughs> if you're if you're thinking about where they go from here like Vittori didn't come remotely close to winning a third chance at Israel Adesanya um mm-hmm. Costa is seemingly being forced out of the middleweight division after this so like what the like this could not have gone worse for either guy <laughs> other than Cost- other than Vittori he, got paid it's true yes he, he got paid he, he got his win bonus and he got a half a or a, about a third of uh, Costa's money, which is nice. Um, maybe Costa thinks Costa claims he's not going to go to light heavyweight, even though his boss says he is. So uh, maybe he, maybe he's like last night when he's telling the ref uh, that he that he wasn't allowed to take a point away from him. Maybe he thinks he can just tell Dana White, no, sorry, I'm I'm not going to light heavyweight. You're not taking a point away from me for for poking you in the eye. Um, yeah, well, how about that? That the refs actually did a good job last night, taking away points and not just giving people stern warnings fifty times. Yeah, I, I did appreciate that. And it, it happened uh, in the Trinaldo fight, too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, we can talk about that atrocious scorecard yeah. a little bit later yeah, on. Talk, yeah. Ooh, that is a bad scorecard. But, um, yeah, like, uh, oof, yeah, uh, good to see referees finally doing that. Um, because that's uh, that's the way it should be, right? Like, when it is that impactful, like, you you got to take it away. Yep, uh, exactly. So... I think um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we really need to take away from that fight. Costa's gas tank much uh, much better than than anyone would have imagined. Maybe it's it's the extra weight. Maybe he's going to be okay at light heavyweight. I didn't. I don't think it surprised me as as much because like when he fought Yoel uh, Romero, it held up fairly well. And granted, it wasn't a five round fight, right? That was a three rounder, um, but it held up pretty well then. Not awfully. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it it would stand a reason an extra 20 pounds that he didn't have to cut off. Uh, it would probably be even better. So, um, his gas tank was about right where I expected it to be. Well, maybe it's because Joe Rogan hasn't been on telecast for a while. Maybe you've forgotten that muscles, big big uh, muscles, big muscles gas out. (laughs) (laughs) You've forgotten that. Um, yeah. So who, who really, 
we've been saying this a lot where people, you know, people win fights or, or they do good and we're like, ah, this doesn't really do much for him. Or we have no idea what's going to happen next for this, this guy. Like neither guy really, I, I guess Vittoria came out, uh, came out a winner here, but really I don't see it. Um, as you mentioned, I don't see it uh, progressing him in the division any higher than he already is. Like, uh, in the rankings I run on my site, MMA-Manifesto.com, he's still behind Brunson, and he's behind the champ, obviously, and he's behind Robert Whitaker. So, like, seriously, what what are you going to do with him next? You're not going to give him Izzy. Um, what is next for Marvin Matori? Any idea? I'm trying to remember. Has he fought Derek Brunson? Mm, I feel I like he has it, but I feel like that one would make a lot of no. sense. Um, Doesn't Brunson have a fight coming up? Or am I, am I wrong uh, he, didn't he just beat Till? He just beat Till. Yeah, right. Yes, yes. So I, I can't imagine. Title fight coming up is what you should have. I mean, he should. Um, will he? Uh, probably. Oh, no, he actually does already have a fight coming up in January against Jared Cannonier. Um Okay, right. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, like a win streak that already involves uh, Elias Theodore, Ian Heinish, Edmund Shabazian, Kevin Holland, Darren Till, and possibly Jared Cannonier. I can't imagine Marvin Vittori's semi-lackluster win of three rounds uh, over Paulo Costa gets him anywhere near a title shot right now, given that that's what uh, he's on. So I'm going to say, shit, like, you have to, like, we got to look at the rankings and, like, he's going to have to fight, like, an up-and-comer kind of guy, right? Like, there's nobody else to fight. I mean, I guess he could fight... Robert Whitaker after Robert Whitaker inevitably loses to Israel Adesanya. Um, but, yeah. like, if Whitaker were to beat Adesanya, that's going to be a trilogy. You So, like, yep. and Brunson's already fighting Cannoneer. He already fought number two. So, like, all he's got for options are dudes behind him. Like, I guess he could go fight Sean Strickland. If we're if we're just yeah, gonna line him up, fun, doesn't it? We're just gonna line him up with the least likable guys in MMA. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It, hey, it seemed to work for Vittori. He seems to have. He definitely has a lot more fans now than than he ever had. Uh, he went up against a person even more unlikable than he he was. Like, was Sean Strickland's even Sean Strickland's even more unlikable than Paulo Costa. So line yes. him uh, up. Line him up. Imagine the, the death threats between the two of those guys, Angry Marvin and, and Psycho Sean. Imagine those two guys. Just imagine the uh, the talking. Yeah, yeah I, unreal. Think, I think that's probably what you got to do in retrospect. Like, I think Sean Strickland, Marvin Vittori makes some kind of weird sense. <laughs> yeah, because so, yeah, plug him into the uh, Luke, Rock, Luke Rockhold uh, spot, because Luke Rockhold, not really surprisingly, backed out of that fight. So, um, yeah, it's like I was getting at, it's uh, he he won, but uh, he really has not improved his his um, his status in the division. Maybe um, he should go up to two hundred five. Yeah, he seemed he seemed to seemed to work fine at it. So why not, right? Maybe yeah. uh, he can fight. He can fight Costa at uh, light heavyweight. <laughs> oh, he hey, wait a minute! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So and then we had a, a draw, which is always lovely to see, um, especially when you have a. Minus 400 <laughs> pick on Grant Dawson. And then he ends up having a draw against uh, Ricky Glenn, a fight that he was winning until he was not winning. And he almost, he got saved by the bell, basically, or he would have got a big fat L instead of a, a D uh, beside his name for, for that event. Because Glenn was very close to choking him out as the final buzzer went. And Dawson was pretty much out um, when the fight ended. He uh, 
So he, he could have been declared the loser there if he hadn't come to his senses uh, quick, quickly enough and, and stumbled off to his corner. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I, I'm fine with the draw. Uh, I think there were probably a round or two in there where a 10-8 to Dawson wouldn't have looked that bad either, like first yeah. round. Like I, if you gave a 10-8 to Dawson in the first round, I don't think anybody would debate it. And actually, if you look at a lot of the guys' scores, um, maybe not a lot of the guys' scores from uh, MMA decisions, but most of them had it. Uh, most of the ones with sense had it as a draw, although some Sherdog sure guys had it 28-27, which is a, a weird score that I, I think I just uh, vouched for, and, and somehow I just agreed with the Sherdog sure guys. So um, I guess that's my bad. Uh, but I think draw was the right call here. I, I think Ricky Glenn uh, with the storming back, man. Yep. Screwed us out of uh out of a win. Um out of a cool, so, cool twenty five bucks. Exactly. <laughs> so that ended up being a push. We did, did win with Jesse Jess, Jessica Rose Clark, you know a boring unanimous decision, a, a grind over She looked Rosalind. pretty good though. Was, no, she yeah, she looked good. Was, yeah, yeah. I, I'm it, impressed it, it was with where she was. Yeah. 30, 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28, basically wrestling won the fight for her. Um, you know, smart fight, smart win. Um, and then our big score, which we we should not have gotten plus two plus uh, two forty for this fight. Uh, Alex Caceres is never a he should never be plus two forty in any fight because he always seems to be always in it. Um, but yeah, he um, got a submission over Sung Woo Choi, ruining Superfan Jong's all Korean parlay, which we told him not to do, which he did anyway, Dan. Not surprisingly. I did, I did tell him not to do that. Yeah, we, we <laughs> told him. I told him in the Slack, don't do that. But he did it. And now he uh, now he doesn't. He wants all Korean fighters banned from the uh, banned from the UFC. He's a little salty about it. But <laughs> hey, I I, uh, I picked against both Koreans and I and I won both picks. But yeah, this is plus two forty. Uh, Alex Caceres did it again. Submission, second round rear naked choke. Um, yeah, very good fight. And I could say Caceres is what five straight wins or something like that. Yeah, I will also say this. You said he shouldn't have been that big of a dog. Dude, he looked like that big of a dog on the feet. Like, yeah, I guess so. That, that fight opened up, and he was getting lit up, and I was like, oh, that was another bad pick by Gumby. <laughs> uh, and I was just, like, shaking my head. And then he comes out in that second round, and it's just like, okay, maybe we maybe we turn this into a wrestling match. And it was so much better that way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, you want to say, you know, Give Caceres a step up, but he'll probably lose if he gets a step up. So whatever. Um, I don't know. Like he he could depends. I, I mean, he might not be anybody in the top fifteen, um, but I, I would give him chances against like a, you know Shane Burgos is fighting this or in a couple of weekends. Like I would give him a chance against Shane Burgos. Although I'm not sure, maybe Shane Burgos isn't ranked anymore. He was ranked for a little while. Um, oh, he's still ranked. I'd give him a chance against Shane Burgos. I don't actually hate him against somebody like Movsar Evloev. Like he probably turn in a really fun fight with Bryce Mitchell, um, yeah. Like like he, he doesn't have to beat any of those guys, but like he probably deserves to fight one. Where's Bryce Mitchell been? Has he had another uh, testicle uh, injury or something? What's no, going on with that guy? He did recently post a picture of a, a rabbit his dog brought back to him, uh, and oh, that God. he tweeted that he was going to eat it. So. Man, is there related that. to Dan? Any chance, any chance he's related to Dan? I'm, I'm pretty positive he's not related. To <laughs> no, he, he's he's a he's a southerner. I know. Uh, never did mind. You, um, did you ever did you ever hear that post fight interview with him when he won the? He said he wanted the 50k, 
and uh, or somebody asked him what he was going to do with the 50k, and he said he was going to get some paving stones for outside of the trailer so he doesn't have to walk in the chicken shit. And it was just, <laughs> it was one of the best answers to what are you going to do with the extra 50k I've ever heard in my whole life. It's Cletus, uh, Cletus in real life is what it is. Unbelievable. He can fight. fight. <laughs> yep. Cletus second fight. Yes. Um, there, that's our, that's our, I think that's our first real, um, for, foray off of our, off of the path and into the, into the woods on this episode, Dan. <laughs> we haven't really, uh, there'll be more to come. There'll be more forays into, uh, into wilderness. All right. Um, I guess we have to talk about the next fight. Francisco Trinaldo, the old dog, pulled out a split decision win despite losing a point. For Dwight Grant, 29-27, 27-29, 29-27. We lost. We had Grant at plus 100. We, we had no idea why he was a dog in this one. But I guess, the, once again, the bookies know what they're talking about. But I think Dan's going to rage against some uh, the judges in this one. So I'll just uh, wind him up and let him go here. I am going to rage against the judges. And you know what? I'm not just going to rage against the judges who gave the decision to Trinaldo. I'm going to rage against every judge because all of them got it wrong, including the guy who scored it for Dwight Grant, because there's no defensible way you can tell me Dwight Grant won two of those rounds. There's also no defensible way you can tell me Trinaldo won all three of those rounds. Trinaldo won one and two, Dwight Grant won three, and that's the end of it. I don't know how anybody scored that fight any differently. And then you give Grant the extra point for the, the eye poke. And it's that simple. It's over, right? Like, I don't know how anybody's – like, Sal Diamato gave rounds one and two to, to Grant somehow. I don't know how that happened. That's wild. Uh, we, so like, we appreciate it. Too bad another judge didn't agree with him. Yeah, it's just so dumb. So, um, yeah, like, this should have been a draw – um, it should have been dropped very easily, uh, and I assumed when it was going to the scorecards, it was going to be one, and then uh, just judges going to judge. Yep, and we uh, why did we get that wrong, That uh, this fight wrong, Dan? I forgot. Um, yeah, the Daw- why did we get Dawson and Ricky Glenn wrong? Uh, that's, that's I, I'm impressed. I, I think Dawson had opportunities to finish early and didn't push enough. Yep. Um, and... Ricky Glenn is extremely tough. He's one of the toughest dudes on the fucking planet. Uh, Like, he he showed that in a lot of past fights. I mean, like, I I think people forget he beat the hell out of Gavin Tucker way back when. Like, beat that dude within an inch of his life. So, I I think people forget how good he is. Um, And, like, man, like, I I think just Grant Dawson not pushing to finish early, like, being like, oh, I can do this for two more rounds – was stupid, um, and I think that cost him. And for the Dwight Grant one, I, I think Trinaldo was a little bit more active than he's been lately. Um, he didn't go into, like, his weird passive shell, and some of that might have been what Dwight Grant drew out of him. Uh, Could be the weight thing also, possibly? He's not cutting uh, weight pos- anymore to lightweight? Possibly, but he, he didn't look particularly – I mean, other than – the fact that he he won his last one. No, 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 he lost to Muslim Salikov. He looked better in the Muslim Salikov fight too, but not it, it wasn't because he had more output. He was he was pretty lame in that fight too. So um I liked seeing a higher output Trinaldo. I think that would make him better. Um and obviously it, it somehow got him the win in this fight, but uh yeah, I, I think that's why we got that one wrong. He you can't anticipate that suddenly his work rate is gonna be twice as much. And he's forty three. At 43. 
So was he? You you emailed me a trivia question. Was he the answer to the trivia question? He, he was. Me? Yeah, yeah, he right. was. The, the first article Dan wrote, first prelim um, breakout star article Dan wrote for me on MMA-Manifesto.com way back in 2013 was on Francisco Trinado, and he had already fought a few times in the UFC. So he's he's been around forever. This man. He was he was the prelim breakout star of uh, I think it was a UFC on FX. Yes, or Fuel Which, or one of those, right? I think it was FX, and I think it was um, uh, Bisping versus Belfort. <laughs> wow, there you go. There's yeah. a blast from the past. Yep. And then finally, in the uh, opener of the main card, Nikolai Nagumarenu. Nagumarenu. That's who he is. He TKO'd Ike Villanueva. Not really much of a surprise there. Only took him a minute 18. We pretty much called it. We got minus 271 for him. I don't know. Not probably not much to say um, other than Eichmann Ueva is a nice guy, good story, but I'm sure he's going to be out of uh, UFC work at this point. Yeah, journeyman with a puncher's chance. Um, yep. And glad, and glad he got his chance in the UFC, but at the end of the day, he's a journeyman with a puncher's chance. Uh, sadly. Yep. So I went what four one and one draw on the main card, and Dan was. What three, two, and one? So not so I bad, had, right? I had a great main card. <laughs> yeah, main card were good. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's the prelims where where we kill it. Um, it's maybe you didn't listen to a prelim primer this week, last week, Dan, after you recorded it. Did you not pay attention? I I must not have. I <laughs> you know. I need to listen back to it for sure. You do need it. Or actually, was Kurt making good picks? I can't remember who he picked. Did Kurt make good picks on that show at least? Because you obviously didn't. I think he picked a couple more right than me, but not much more. Uh, Let's not say much then, is it? All right. Um, Actually, this prop swap might be the place for you, Dan, because you don't have to win bets to make money (laughs) prop swap. This could be – Dan could be the poster boy. It is. I just came up with it right this second too. Uh, prop swap. When you look at prop swap, you see Dan Dan Vreeland's face. Uh, brought to you by Prop Swap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Then will be playoffs are in full swing, and Prop Swap is your home for the best World Series futures all season long. Prop swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other batters like yourself. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and Prop Swap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using Prop Swap. Every ticket purchase on Prop Swap can be resold at any time, so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. What else can I tell you? Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And like I said, you don't have to win because it's like the stock market. So you can make really bad picks like Dan Dan does and then find some sucker to to buy your picks from you before they lose. So um, let me tell you about Keeps. Like I said, if, if people, if you're walking down the street and people mistaken you for Alexi Olenek, uh, Keats may be the place for you. Um, if you don't have the good Vreeland genes, then Keeps might be, that might be the thing for you. Because Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions. Discrete packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP. 
get your first month free. Once again, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP. Fadar may still have his power in his hand speed, but he could use some keeps probably also. So um, if they ship to um, Staryoskel, Russia or wherever he's from, then maybe Fader could use some keeps also. But I'm not going to tell him that to his face. Dan, next time you see him, don't tell him I, I say he needs keeps, okay? Yeah, do you know who else yeah. needs keeps? The guy who we're about to start, start talking about, which is Gregory Rodriguez. who Gregory uh, Rodriguez, he, Robocop. He, he for a – because I, I don't know about you. He does not look old enough to need keeps okay. um, because he he is actually – did you know he's only 29 years old? No way. And he looks like yeah. Obama. Crazy. Yeah, and he, he looks, looks like, like Obama coming out of office. Not that's what I was just going to say, post-office <laughs> Obama. Yes. And, uh, he, but he also could use keeps. Post-office Obama. That, that could be a good name for this episode, post-office Obama. We haven't come across anything better yet. So um, that's, that's in the running at this point. All right. Um, yes, I got this one right, Dan. Imagine that, eh? Um, the post office Obama, um, Gregory Rodriguez, um, came through, KO'd John Young Park. We kind of figured it was going to be a firefight, and it was. Uh, he took him out in the second round, uh, knocked him out one fight of the night in the process. Uh, in the main card, Marvin Vittori and Alex Caceres got the performance of the night bonuses. Um, I think Vittori just got it. Uh, I think Vittori Costa would have been fight of the night if Costa had, uh, had made weight, but I don't think they wanted to give Costa a bonus. So Rodriguez and Park were the um, were the beneficiaries of that because they got the uh, extra 50K in their pay packet. Um, yeah, so I had Rodriguez minus 110, hit that one, and Dan was riding with the Korean and lost minus 118. How, how did you lose this one, Dan? You're going to have to explain yourself once again, please. Underrated Gregory Rodriguez's chin. There you go. It's one of the most yeah. remarkable chins I've ever seen. Like, if John Young Park had hit any other middleweight with the combinations he hit Gregory Rodriguez with, and they didn't fall, like, I'd be shocked. And for some reason, Gregory Rodriguez not only walked through them, but did his best Chris Lieben impression and just knocked John Young Park out right up, uh, upon... Like, John Young Park fought infinitely better than Gregory Rodriguez in that second round. Right. Granted, I- I'll give Gregory Rodriguez the first round. He looked very good grappling. Um, and I think if he had stayed there, he probably would have kept winning. And then he got the shit kicked out of him in round number two. It looked like Park was going to knock him out on his feet and then immediately was knocked out on his feet shortly thereafter. It was crazy. Also, I'm going to, I'm going to debate with you here. I think Gregory Rodriguez, John Young Park should have won fight of the night over Costa Vittori anyway. Uh, I I think that was an infinitely more fun fight to watch than the main event. And not that the main event wasn't fun, but uh, I think that that one is more exciting. And I also, I take a little bit of, just so we can go off on this rail for a second, I take a little bit of issue with Marvin Vittori winning the performance bonus. Like, if, yeah. if you're if you're saying he should have won because he should have won fight of the night, like, first of all, like I said, I think that's categorically wrong. Gregory Rodriguez oh my God. was way better. really harsh, Dan. Categorically and then, wrong. And, and then second of all, how does Jeff Molina not walk out of this with a uh, a performance bonus? We're going to talk about him in yeah. a second. That's holy also a fight of the night possibility too. That holy fight, hell, dude! In that fight, dude, it was incredible. And for a flyweight to be turning off plates like that, a twenty four year old flyweight to be turning off plates like that, why are they not jacked up on Jeff Molina? Yep, 
El Jefe. I know. Dan is not following script. He's jumping all over the place. Sorry. It's, sorry. It's really upsetting me. I like order, Dan. You're anyway, causing Jung Jung You're causing confusion and delay, Dan. Jung Jung Park, that? Jung Jung Park has had a, had a great second round. Yep. Lost because he fought a guy with a phenomenal chin. Yeah. So that, that's the takeaway, Rodriguez. That's, that's uh, the takeaway. Too. And if, if his, his chin, hold, chin holds up like that again, he could beat any middleweight. <laughs> no kidding. How are you going to finish him? Exactly. Uh, we got the next fight right. It wasn't. It was closer than a minus five fifty. Yeah, pick should have been, but Mason Jones finally got his first UFC win. The highly regarded Mason Jones uh, beat David Onama, who was UFC debutant uh, or WT at or W whatever at uh, short notice also. But he ended up uh, being able to win a round off of Jones. He looked very good uh, striking. Uh, Jones ended up having to grind this one out on the on the mat. 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Um, announcers weren't big on Jones. Um, kind of basically inferring that that he fights he fights dumb. Do you agree with that? He gives his opponents too many openings. Is I, I don't. I don't know that he did because like if you go back to his Cage Warriors days, like. That that's sort of what makes him good, right? Like it's he yeah. he pushes forward, he's not afraid to eat a punch or two so that he can get in the clinch, he can use that judo he uses and he can get to his jujitsu and his ground and pound and all of that stuff. And he did that a little bit here. He just fought a guy who who really boxes quite well. Um and, and like people should be impressed in how well he boxed. So Yeah, he looked very good. Yeah, so I think um, I think yes, you you could you could find some fault in what he was doing, but I think mostly you should find like like you should just know that that's part of what he does that has worked so well year after year after year. So like I, I'm fine with it in the long run. Yep. Um, from here on out, it's nothing but L's. Dan's catching nothing but L's. The rest of the, <laughs> rest of the fight card. And this is a big fight card. Let's, we have let's, almost, get to, let's get to the contender series. <laughs> we have almost we have almost half of the fight card left, and you you're getting nothing but L's the rest of the way. We have six fights left, and you got to explain what how you screwed up in every one of them. Yet John, the Jongs of the world are still riding your jock, Dan, and not mine. It's ridiculous. Well, they're, really, they're, they're ready. They're ready for all the good things that are going to come via the contender series. Yeah, right what now. happens when Talk. that's over, Dan? Huh? Then what happens? I, I guess oh, someone I'm else. Gonna to, to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to start doing a good job at picking these fights. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you've been horrible. You're just horrible this week. Um, all right. Uh, um, Tabitha Ricci uh, skunked Maria de Oliveira Nita, but she just goes by Maria. Oliveira. Um, 30-27, 30-27, Ricci's wrestling looked fantastic, and she's a real dog in there, always, like basically uh, going after the much larger Oliveira pretty much the, the whole fight. So how did you screw this one up, Dan? You had, uh, I, you, had a, you had Ricci. You had her on your show. You wrote about her for my site saying how she's going to win, and then you backed off all that and chickened out. And On all the podcasts, you said she's going to lose. So why did you screw up? So I did go back and forth on this one. This one I did cover my bases on because I said it, it felt like a coin flip to me um, yeah. because it was either Richie's wrestling works incredibly well and she wins this fight easily or did. Uh, or the reach doesn't pan out for her and she gets peppered on the face. And mostly here on this one, I was willing to eat the, the big fat loss if Richie landed her takedowns because – the return on the other side was good enough, and it felt like a coin flip. Like, do the yeah. do the takedowns work? Answer that question. You're 50-50 on it. If yeah. they don't, she loses. So 
Um, I, I'll, I will say this, though. Her takedown game looked good enough that I'm very interested in seeing what happens next to her at strawweight. Yep. She looked very good. Um, definitely looked very good there. Um, so I got the one right. Haha, <laughs> minus 240. But so you're, you're uh, basically backtracking to saying this was a, just a value pick on your behalf is what you're saying. Yeah, th- this one, I, it, you can go back and listen last week. I said, this <laughs> is a, I said this is a value pick. All right. All right. Whatever. Okay. Uh, I only have one win uh, going forward from here. So, so <laughs> things, things, are, things aren't so great for me either. All right. Um, we both got the next one. Next one, Dan had a, as, as his lock. Um, Loriano Staropoli. Uh, um Dan had him at minus 250, so Dan lost. He's on locks now. He's 15 and 13 and down 440 bucks on the year. Ouch. And that's, that's his lock picks, all right? Is everyone here? Are all the disciples of Dan here in this? Um, so, yeah, I got this one wrong, too, unfortunately. Jamie Pickett came through. First UFC win. Three rounds to none, two rounds to one. So 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. Uh, how do we whiff on this one, Dan? looked very bad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, like Jamie Pickett looked largely what I expected Jamie Pickett to look like, and Staropoli somehow looked about 40 times slower than I expected him to look. His counters looked like he had no idea where they were going. Like, he looked like he was punching, like, triple vision and just not anywhere close to Pickett and then eating another punch because his counter was so bad. So, um yeah, we, we're never going to have to talk about Lariano Staropoli on this show again, so I assume we should just probably stop talking about him now. You don't think so? You, you think he's gone now? I think very fucking gone. <laughs> did he have a? Did he drink a full bottle of wine perhaps the night before the fight? Is that? I don't what even think. On? I don't even think that would have saved him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we both went on that one. We whiffed on the next one. We pretty, pretty much predicted how the fight would go, but the wrong man ended up crumpling uh, to the canvas. That was light. Wait, uh, Jai Herbert won via TKO punches two minutes, 47 seconds into the fight over Kamaworthy. Like I said, it went, you know, we expected it to be a, a brawl. Uh, we thought if it was a brawl, we really like Worthy, especially at plus 142. But um, Herbert used that length of his. He used it correctly. And, and got, he's another guy who got his first UFC win. So um, big win for him and a big L for us. So what did we get wrong in this one? Um, I, yeah. I don't I don't think anything. You, you said it perfectly. The guy yeah. who the guy who landed the big shot in the brawl wasn't the guy we picked. Um, yep. it, it was a brawl, and uh, there was no feeling out process, kind of like we expected. And yep. uh, the other guy wound up being the benefactor and not the guy we picked. Notice how quick this goes when we lose. <laughs> we just okay. Um, well, we want to get to the contender series because we do. Strong and the guys want to hear me be good at something. Exactly. All right. Um, here's my only other win of the night. Um, the aforementioned flyweight fight, real good fight. Jeff Molina versus Daniel Lacerda, but he goes by Daniel De Silva apparently because that's what they were calling him last night. And I believe that's Daniel Lacerda De Silva. <laughs> yes. Isn't that every uh, Brazilian? Isn't that uh, all of their names end in De Silva? Does it not? To be fair, and there, some of them don't. Some of them don't use it. Douglas De Silva de Andrade. De Silva <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I was in the middle. <laughs> I think he has a De Silva after that, though, doesn't he? Douglas de Andrade De Silva. Um, all right, so this one, I had Molina minus 186. Uh, you had De Silva plus 145. Your pick did not look bad at all. Um, he looked very good. Both these guys look very good. I'm looking forward to seeing both of them in flyweights. But that's, Molina, I think in my rankings, that's two straight UFs, two straight wins finishes and flyweight will vault you into the top 15. So he's in the top 15 now. 
like I said, both guys looked very good. Uh, in the end, Molina won the TKO, elbows and punches, 46 seconds into the second round, but both men had their uh, opportunities to win. Molina just um, seemed to counter everything De Silva had for him, at least on at least on the ground. Yeah, I don't think he did get two finishes in a row. If I'm not mistaken, he won a decision against okay. uh, Lang Aori um, in his first yes. fight. Uh, which, but still, two wins in a row plus the contender series where he beat Jacob Silva, who's a real tough out as well. De Silva, so, like, did you say? A yeah, De Silva. It's not De Silva. Jacob Silva. Jacob Silva. Oh, De Silva. Well. <laughs> um, but he goes by just Jacob Silva. Um, no, but uh, yeah, Jeff Molina looked incredible, um, and he's one of those guys. And I'm definitely going to have to start penciling this in on one of these guys. Like, he's 24, and he's one of those dudes who just comes out looking 30 times better than he did the previous fight. And he didn't look bad the previous fight, but he looked so much better this one. And, again, I think we have to tip our cap to James Krause, Gloria MMA Fitness, because, dude, that that gym is totally turning into – just an absolute powerhouse of of young, exciting prospects and people who get – a ton better really fast. Could we, I think we could compare it to another one of our favorite gyms, Fortis MMA circa what? 2019, maybe it's feeling, very much much like, it's feeling very much like that. And I will say they, they both have very different vibes, but like yep. those two and um, uh, Daniel Gracie jujitsu are like yes. the three that I think people are sleeping on the hardest. Um, Daniel Gracie Jiu-Jitsu has got some dudes in it that, like, people need to be talking more about, like, yesterday. Um, And, like, Glory is, like, people have sort of started talking about how good James Krause is. And and now Safe Side is, like, kind of a household name. Like, I I feel like everybody knows who he is now. So, yeah, it feels like the progression, right? Like, uh, we're still at the everybody's under the radar on Daniel Gracie step. Uh, people have mostly started talking about James Krause, but he definitely needs yep. more shine and safe side is like, he's there. Yep, definitely. So um, maybe if we had done our uh, best fighters under 25 list after this, maybe Molina would have made it. I don't think he made it when we were talking about it the first uh, time, he but yeah, he's, he's definitely, uh, and, and that's a division uh, that you can make some noise in very quickly. Like I said, he's, he's top 15. He, he could be probably top 15 in the, in the um, official rankings too. Uh, I, I I will I will spoil it. He is in my official rankings as a well, there you go. as a ranking panelist member. Whether or not he gets in uh, will not entirely be based on my choice. But uh, if it, if I had my druthers, uh, he would be in the rankings. There you go. So I got that right. Then I got it wrong. But like I said, both I think both guys came out looking good. I, I think the Silva's got a future in the division two. You'd hope. Um, we got this one. This is this was my lock pick, and we both were really confident about this one. Olivia Renata Souza going up against a dirty, rotten Canadian, and of course, my fellow Canadians screwed me over. Random Marcos. Uh, I don't mind when a Canadian comes through and makes me look bad. She saved her her job here. Thirty-two and seven, thirty-two and seven, twenty-nine, twenty-eight. Um, like I said, Souza was my lock minus one thirty-nine. So for locks, I'm down. I'm at seventeen and ten for the year. Down eighty-seven bucks now. So. Um, yeah, what did we get wrong here, Dan? Uh, we overrated Souza's wrestling and underrated Marcos's wrestling, perhaps? No, no, no. We underrated. No, no. no. Random Marcos made insane gains in her boxing game. Her yeah, boxing look looked better. so much better than it used to. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, those first two things you said are probably part of it because there were some wrestling elements there where where Marcos looked good. 
Um, I also think, in general, Souza fought a really dumb fight. Um, there were a couple of times where they were in, like, a weird transition against the cage where um, Reyna Marcos had gotten up into what you call the dogfight position, which is when you have a wizard and uh, you're trying to stand up. And rather than fight that wizard and move away uh, for Lavia Souza, she just, like, jumped guard twice against somebody who, like, is very comfortable in a top position. Yeah. Uh, and she she threw up some decent arm bars, but, like, like you don't do that to somebody who you're literally giving them their favorite spot. Uh, but but then again, she was getting peppered on the face, so maybe that was her yeah. best avenue for victory. But, you know, props to Randa Marcos, you know, to still be getting better uh, on the heels of a four-fight losing streak and saving your job like that. Like, she, what is she, 12 and 12 and 1 in her career? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah like, I think so. Bring on fight number like 26, you know, like, yeah. let her have at it. Yeah, and her boxing was very – she was very aggressive, too, uh, on the feet, too, which was uh, which was uh, good to see. Well, it wasn't good to see because we picked against her. So, And then in the opener, uh, I blame Dan for this one because he, he had me uh, go in on uh, Lavashvili, the newcomer, and he got uh, beat by Jonathan Martinez. Martinez looked very good. 30 27 29 could not um, execute his wrestling, couldn't implement it. Um, what did we get wrong here? Do we? Is it because we did not trust the stats saying short notice fighters are, are basically going to lose most of the time? And that was the case here. I, I don't know if that's the case, although it could be. Um, the, the big piece for me here was why did Lazishvili not wrestle after that first initial exchange? Yeah, he um, just gave up. He, he failed, uh, you know, according to the official stats, which, you know, like to take it for what they are, he failed on four takedowns in this one exchange. It really felt like one prolonged takedown attempt didn't work. And then he just never went back to it. And it's very clear that that's part of his game, and he wasn't going to win the striking game. And, you know, on one hand, you could say, like, he got discouraged and his game plan went away and he blew it for us there. But, you know, I've also heard the argument that maybe that exchange tired him out really extensively. Um, and if that's the case, then we should have listened. Like you said, we should have listened to the stats on short notice people. They're they're not as ready to go. And, hey, maybe that was it too. Um, but, yeah, like, hey, uh, mad props to Jonathan Martinez. He, he looked good in there. And uh, Laza Shvili, I'll be interested to see what happens on a full fight camp and see if he goes back to that wrestling a little bit more often. Um, so that wraps up that card. But, yeah, I – See, I ended up doing good, Dan. Uh, I went eight and five, and I was up thanks to Mr. Caseras. I was up 104 bucks. Ha ha ha! So on the year, I'm at 58 percent. I'm still down uh, lots of money though, because betting 100 bucks in every fight and every card probably isn't your best bet when you're betting like 400 fights a year. But hey, and then Dan, you went, you were four and nine, Dan, and you're down Oof. 540 bucks, <laughs> and you ended, you're you're back down to 54 percent. You get up to 55 percent, then you you seem to get knocked right back down. So I'm four percent better picking fights, and I'm seven. No wait, yeah, seven hundred bucks better than you this year. Yet they want to hear from you still, Dan, because because I'm hundreds of dollars better than you on Tuesday. Exactly, because <laughs> I'm not making. I, I should just start making blind picks on Tuesday. Because look, a lot of times when I just look at the the stats and the resumes and stuff, I can pretty much pick who's gonna, or I can pick who you're gonna pick. But well, let's see how I do this week. Because we're gonna break you down. You don't want to see anything else about this basically meaningless. No, you? no, get rid of it. No, throw it right in the trash. <laughs> there is. We have we have back to back weeks. We're gonna have real fight cards to talk about on our next few podcasts because we have back to back pay per views. 
even though the next one you don't have to pay for. The best kind of pay-per-view. All right, before we get into the Contender Series, which is what a lot, a lot of you people are here for, let me tell you about Prediction Strike. Do you wish you could have had stock in a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction, prediction Strike, I always struggle with that, is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Use code SGPNMMA, then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Sign up with promo code SGPNMMA to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of 20 bucks or more. And if you're going to download apps and you haven't already, make sure you download our app, the SGPN app. We are now live in the App Store and Google Play. We give you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, and whatnot. Uh, don't forget to toss us an app review if you could. When you do download it, tell everyone how great SGPN is and the app is. All right. This Tuesdays are where the money is made because Dan is our Mr. 80%. The Tuesday – no, you don't want to be called a truther. That's right. Uh, the uh, Dana White Contender Series Soothsayer, as I spit all over my microphone. Um, that's what the spit guard's for, I guess. All right, we got two more weeks of this. Actually, yeah, two more weeks of this. This is week nine with the influx of fighters uh, from China, we believe, over the next two weeks. Um, this will be going on, as it always does, Tuesday night from the UFC Apex. Um, do you want, we have six fights coming up. Um, do you have a – is there – general thought on this week's fight card or a theme or anything that you want to throw out there before we start making picks? Yeah, theme is it's really hard to get a lot of good film on Chinese fighters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this true. is this is going to be not an easy one to break down. You got to get 4.8 right, though. Are you prepared to get 4.8 picks right, Dan? I think so. Okay. That's letter rip, then. We will start with... What are we starting with? Featherweights. And this is uh, one of those weeks where we can uh, – fighters' first and last names are interchangeable too, so I'll just say whatever has it on Wikipedia. Uh, Zai Bin versus Oliver Murad. Uh, um, this, like I said, this is a featherweight fight. First of all, are you familiar with both these fighters, Dan? I was uh, really familiar with Olivier Murad, um, yep. but not so much Ben Shea because um, – Oh, listen he- to you, Ben Shea. I think it's Shea, right? Yeah, it probably is, like, right. Like Shea, Shea uh, yep. which means thank you in, in Mandarin. Um, oh, this guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a hillbilly. A, listen to me. He, he's, uh, yeah, <laughs> like he's one of those guys out of the Performance Institute in okay. uh, Shanghai. And, and as a result, I know next to nothing about him other than he, he probably fought for WLF. Um, yes, I believe he did. Of, most of them fight for WLF. Yep. I actually don't have a lot of info on uh, Olivier Murad, surprisingly, uh, other than he's the warrior of God. Uh, um, 5-0, two knockouts, two submissions, plus 165. Anything else you think we should add to his, the breakdown there before I go into Ben? Titan Anything FC else? champ. He, he won the Titan oh, FC really? championship. Yeah, uh, in February he won their featherweight championship against um, Muhammad Jajan Naimov, uh, who is a, a pretty decent prospect in his own right, but Titan FC's belts mean a little bit less than they used to, I think. Um, 
because their guys get snatched up typically before they yeah. even get to the to to being champs. Um, whereas it used to be just like you had to beat like a whole bunch of UFC washouts. Now it's just like four and zero and five and zero guys, which is what yeah. Murad is. He's he's five and zero. Yep. All right. So he's fighting the Chinese fighter Ben. Uh, his nickname's the Stalker. He's eight and two, one knockout, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's won seven straight fights, six of them six straight uh, via finish. All of his fights are in one FC, which is uh, impressive. Uh, yeah, actually, this you should know this guy. He's fought all, all in one FC, and that's the biggest promotion in the world, Dan. Yeah, problem? it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> a billion people know him. Why don't you? Um, last fight, August of 2019. He's five years younger than Murad, minus 188. Um, if I was just blindly, blindly picking, I would take Murad. I'm going to take Murad, too. Um, yeah, it's. It's hard for me again because you're right. He he did fight for one FC, uh, and so there is a little film out there. And what you can see is he's got like a pretty nice one two and some like pretty decent wrestling. And and here's what worries me just the slightest bit about Murad is he he's kind of sloppy in his grappling exchanges and everything like that. But here's the other thing: he's really strong. And I think if you look at them two, the the two guys just physically, I think he's going to overwhelm. Uh, Bin Shea with his his strength, like Bin Shea is like incredibly wiry uh, and very skinny, and I think that would play well in wrestling, but like or in uh, striking. But I think he's going to want to wrestle, and I think that's going to go badly for him. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Murad here too, especially like the dog money on him. See how easy it is, this is, Dan. Um, lightweights, Manuel Torres. I wish it was Miguel Torres though. Um, I loved me some Miguel Angel Torres back in the day. Great Molly. Uh, hmm? Great, great Molly. Great, yeah, great Unfortunately, he was, by the time he got to the UFC, he pretty much was done. It was the WEC was, was when you really wanted to see this, the man shine. Um, he was fighting, uh, he, sorry, this is not him. This is Manuel Torres. He's fighting against Colton England. Now that guy sounds Chinese to me, Dan. Am I right on that? Neither of these two are Chinese, but it is England, not England. England, that's right. And England is the white assassin, which is a problematic nickname, yeah. <laughs> to say the least, but I didn't name him that. I'm just reading what's on the, uh, on the screen here. And Torres' nickname is El Loco. Do you know what El Loco translates to, Dan? The crazy. The crew, yes. That is correct. No, I didn't. The, is this a last-minute fight? Because there was no odds for it last time I checked. You know, well, I see, I see odds for it. Yeah, there are odds now, but as of yesterday, they weren't. Is this like a last-minute thing or not? Um, No, because they announced this six-fight fight card like a week ago um, okay, on the broadcast. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, break down. We'll go with Torres El Loco first. And did I tell you, yeah, I said this was lightweight, which is true. I'm not lying. It is lightweight. Um, oh, first of all, other guy, um, is Murad going to get a contract in? Um, I mean, he is like very violent and sloppy. That's kind of what they like, right? Yeah, um, true. he's a killer. That means that I don't know that he's a killer, but he is sloppy <laughs> and they seem to enjoy sloppy. Uh, I think it will just depend on whether or not he can finish Ben Shea. Um, yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, back to Torres. Did I tell you he's crazy? Yeah, I told you he's crazy. Um, he's 11 and two. Four knockouts, six submissions, so everything's been finished except one fight. Uh, both of his losses have come via submission. He's won two straight fights via submission in his himself. Uh, he is plus 125. It's a very close fight in uh, the books. The White Assassin, uh, England, 9-3 uh, and three with three knockouts, two submissions. All of his losses have come via knockout. Very interesting. He's won three straight fights. 
and he's at minus 125. Let me see if I was just blindly picking someone here. Um, I can't remember the resumes and the other guy when I was looking at them. Uh, I'll go dog again. What? Why not? I'll take Torres. Yeah, don't don't take Torres in this okay. one. Okay, uh, I was wrong. So Torres is a guy who's like, so he is very wild. He's just gonna like sprint at somebody and throw like a thirty-five punch combo. Um, and like a lot of his wins are like he snatches a guillotine and like uh, he he does what you would not want somebody to do with a guillotine rather than you know, like fall back and sit into the guillotine and apply it correctly or buckle the guy down and put him against the cage and pick up your hips. He literally looks like he's just trying to suplex somebody in the WWE while he's got the guy in the guillotine. And like for a couple of like inexperienced guys he's fought, it's worked against them and they've tapped to this like bizarre looking guillotine. Um, England is probably one of the most like tactically safe fighters I've seen fight. Um, he like plods forward. He's like puts together really smart combos. When people are doing things back to him, he does the smartest thing he can possibly do to avoid their shit, and then like gets right back in there and fucks them up. Um, he's really fun to watch uh, from like a if you appreciate good technique standpoint. So I, I think he's going to have a pretty good time um, dealing with Torres, who I think probably will gas himself out in addition to not having much success trying to be wild against a guy like England. There you go. White assassin prevails, Dan. That's, um, yeah, we'll just move on from that. Yeah, maybe uh, don't problematic. Title, maybe, maybe don't title the episode that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think, I think I'll, I'll skip that. Um, good call. Women's flyweight. Kareem Silver versus, uh, how do you say Yan's first name or last name, Dan? Kui Hui Yan. Kui Hui Yan. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Kui Hui is Queen Kong, and Silva is the killer. So there you go. Um, Queen Kong is. Oh, are you familiar with both of these ladies? I forgot so to ask I, you that. I I had to watch some film on Yan. I okay. again, it's really hard to stay on top of Chinese MMA. LFA or WLF is not super easy to find. I had heard of uh, Silva, although I hadn't really seen very much of her. She did fight for uh, Fight Night Global for a little while, which, um, and I know she fought Marina Mraz way back in the day. Um, So, like, she had fought some real competition, um, and I'd seen a little bit of her here and there. But, yeah, like, I had to go watch some yawn in order to to feel like I could say anything about her. Okay. And, and uh, Torres in England, you are familiar with, correct? Yeah, I was I was pretty familiar with both, especially England. England, uh, he was on Dana White's uh, looking for a fight for Fury FC. Oh, is that what the white and white assassin stands for? Yeah, it must be. Dana White? He's, he's going to assassinate Dana White this week. Oh, my God. Someone <laughs> stop him. All right. A Queen Kong, 11-3, seven knockouts, two submissions. Um, she's won two straight fights via knockout. Wait a minute. I think she's been knocked out in two straight. Is that true? 2x KO'd. Hmm. I think she's won two straight via knockout, I think. Yeah, because she's she, won three straight. No, I, I know what I know what these, these shorthands mean. She's been knocked out twice in her career. That's all it means. Sorry, everybody. So two out, two out of her three losses have come via knockout. Uh, I'm back on track now. She's won three straight fights. She's at plus 175, and as for Silva, 13-4, nine knockouts, four submissions, so everything is a finish for her, so that is why she's a killer. Um, she's been subbed twice, so half of her losses will come via submission. She's won four straight fights, all of them via finish, of course, because every one of her wins is finished. She's not fought since October 2020. I think it was the end of October, so it's pretty much a year at this point. 
She used to fight strawweight. This one's up at flyweight. Uh, she is two inches taller than Yan and three years younger. And she's at minus 210. I'll go with Silva. I'm going to go with Jan on this one. Oh, yeah? And, and, okay. and I will say this one. this one's really hard for me because, um, you know, like as you said, it, it's one of those fights where I don't know too much about the fighter. But the the problem for me here with when you when you watch Korean Silva fight, she is awful at boxing. She's really, truly bad on the feet. Um, but she's a Jan, killer. Jan is, is fairly well polished on the feet. She looks pretty good. The difference is Silva is quite sharp on the mat. Uh, she's got really good jiu-jitsu skills. When she's on top, she's doing well. Jan, meanwhile, I think might wrestle better. Uh, she, she's, like, very physically strong, but she also seems like she tires, um, which is one of my reservations on Jan. But at the same time, if you're getting her at this much plus money, being that much better of a striker than somebody who I think is a pretty poor striker in, in her own right I just think Jan has got, like, a lot of value in this play. And, like, if you ask me for the gun to my head pick, I still might pick Jan. But, like, I would say there's a lot of question marks here, so why not get the plus 200 on the fighter you think is a better striker on a fight that starts on the feet and probably a better wrestler. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jan here. All right, there you go. Queen Kong is the pick. And my picks are not official picks, everyone, so don't follow my picks. I'm just throwing throwing things out here. And I, seeing hope, how many... I hope June gives you crap for <laughs> I hope he does. I'm just throwing picks. I'm just seeing how um, how many times I can actually guess what Dan's, Dan's going to pick here. All right. Um, Bantamweight, Javid Basharat versus Oran Kalin or Kalin. Is it Kalin? Kalin? I think it's uh, Kalin. Do you know both these men? I know Javi Bashara uh, pretty intensely. I, I did have to like remind myself who Oren uh, Colin is because um, I knew of him, but the Snow Leopard I knew a lot about. The Snow uh, Leopard because, would be Bashara, yes. Yeah, and he was supposed to fight, uh, I think, on week two of the Contender Series. Okay. Um, week one or two of the Contender Series, or one of those early ones, he was supposed to fight on it and got. Um, he got pulled for visa shit, I think. Okay. Uh, both these guys are undefeated. Um, we'll start with Colin or Kalen or whatever you want to call him. Orin or Orion or whatever. I don't even know how to say either. I think it's, I think it's Orin. Orin. Yes. There's no I in it. So we'll go with Orin. He's 16 and 0, six knockouts, nine submissions. So everything's a finish except one fight. He's not fought since June of 2019. He fought in Bellator for one fight, and he won it and because he's undefeated. He has seven inches of reach uh, over Basharat, plus 160. The Snow Leopard, Basharat, 10-0, five knockouts, five submissions. Everything is a finish with him also. Is Yanni going to pick this one under one and a half rounds, Dan? I don't – why do we have <laughs> to talk loves, about him every week? <laughs> he loves those – because people like when we when we dunk on him. So there you go. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I, you can give me a whole episode. I'll just dunk on him <laughs> and his his crazy white teeth for a whole episode. <laughs> uh, uh, he's – Bashra, one inch taller, 11 years younger than Kellen, minus 175. I would guess you're going to take the snow leopard here. Yeah, I, I love Javid Bashra. Um, in In – the fun part for me here is I already think he's, like, a fun uh, stylistic striker with, like, tons of fun kicks and shit like that. He's fighting a guy who also has that. Like, uh, Cowan is kind of like a – I don't want to say he's capoeira, but because he's he's Israeli, and I'm not sure that that's the right term for what he's doing. Um, if he was Brazilian, I'd probably just jump to that assumption. But, like, he has kind of that style where you wouldn't be surprised if he threw, like – 
some sort of weird spinning kick where his hands touched the ground at some point in it. Um, he fought in Bellator. He was, he was fun fighting there. I just think the difference maker for me here is, like, it's two fun strikers, and Basharat, like, suddenly busts out these, like, great grappling moves. Like, if this winds up in a grappling affair, Basharat is going to have such an advantage. Um, he had, like, a nice Jars choke his last time out. You've seen him, like, just, like, abandon his striking at some point in time for, like, no good reason and, and like, go dig for a rear naked choke, work to somebody's back and finish him. Um, you know, he's got a couple Dars chokes. He's, he's gone to the ground and pound before. I think when he's in there with a good striker, he's going to feel it out for a second, and then he's just going to go to what works and just beat the hell out of him on the ground. All right, there's the pick. We move on to second to last co-main event, Christian Quinones versus Long Zhao. Zhao? Zhao. We can call him Zhao. 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 Um, all right, Zhao, no nicknames. Quinones is El Nino Problema. Do you know what that means, Dan? The problem child. Yes, the problem child. Um, our, the Chinese fighter, Xiao, is 16-6, four knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out in half of his losses, so three times knocked out. That adds up to. He's won 12 straight fights, three straight via finish, inch taller than Quinones, two years younger, plus 250. The problem child is 15-3 and three with three, eight knockouts. Sorry, uh, not three, eight knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out two out of his three losses, so two knockouts. Uh, he's won three straight fights. He was fought in Kambache, where he was one and one. Is he taking this on short notice or not? I had Chow going up against someone else. Uh, I think Sherdog had Chow against someone else listed. Uh, I do not know. Possibly. You're not sure? uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. Sherdog wouldn't be wrong, would they, Dan? Uh, they are about every single judge's scorecard. <laughs> uh, Quinona is minus three twenty. Uh, are you going with the the big the big uh, chalk pick here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Quinona. Um, you know both guys. I, I knew Xiao very little. Um, again, the yeah. the Chinese regionals are not an easy place for film. Uh, I did know Quinona pretty well. He fought for UWC, which is a fairly easy promotion to get your eyes on. Um, and he fought for Kambache a bunch of times, too. Um, I'm pretty sure he fought for Brave CF uh, in their early days as well, which uh, I have a, a friend who does some announcing for Brave CF, so I, I do know quite a bit of, about them. And, uh, so for me, Quinones, really quick kicks, very fun on the feet, uh, adequate wrestling. Uh, maybe not that's not the thing to write home about. Longshao doesn't want to strike for even one minute. He just wants this to be a grappling match. When he is striking, his striking looks like um, like he has pre-planned combinations of somebody like hitting mitts uh, and doesn't seem to be able to adjust to anything, uh, which is a really bad recipe for disaster when you're fighting somebody with fast kicks who can light your face up. So um, for me... Uh, Longshaw, I, I think, like, is a guy who, if he figured out his wrestling and could use it really well, he will look good. But I don't think that's this in this fight, and I think he's going to spend too much time on the feet getting hit. All right, we move to our main event. Is this a good main event? Good match? Mm-hmm. Good matchup? It is, it is not. It is not. And you'll read it the is. you'll you'll read the odds in a second and know why. <laughs> yeah. All right, middleweights: Jancy Silva versus Gadzi Omar Gadziev. Omar Gadziev. Omar Gadziev, yeah, you you were Omar almost Godziev. right there. Oh, Mamma Mia. Uh, Gadzi Omar Gadziev. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Silva's nickname is Jones. Did you know that, Dan? Jancy Jones Silva? Jancy Jones, apparently. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's plus 375 in this fight. He's 7-1 as a pro, five knockouts. He's won three straight fights via TKO. He's an inch taller, two years younger, plus 375. I don't really have any info 
on the man whose name I don't really feel like saying again. Gadzi. Uh, he's 12 and 0 though. Eight knockouts, two submissions, minus 500. I assume he's your pick, uh, by what you were saying before. Uh, tell us what you know about these guys. So the, the thing I will say about Jancy Silva, which is going to make, and I can even just feel the guys in our Slack channel liking this. He has insane knockout power. Like he hits people really fucking hard. Well, I'm going to take a uh, minus plus 375. Right. And, and also I will say this. He's up against a guy who is a much, 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 much better technical striker in Godzi Omar Garza. Oh, oh, I almost got it. Ah! Yeah, Godzi Omar, Omar Godzaev. Uh, he's just a way better technical striker. And in addition to that, despite the fact people hear that name and are instantly like, oh, he's going to be a great wrestler, he actually prefers to be like a kickboxer. And he's actually got like much better kickboxing than he does wrestling. But he also has adequate wrestling. He's also pretty good on the mat. And I think here, Jansi Silva, if you look at a lot of his fights, gets backed up to the cage very easily. Recipe for disaster against the guy who's got technical kickboxing and good takedowns. Uh, I think Jansi Silva, like a fun puncher's chance here to the point where I'm definitely not laying any money on Godzi Omar Godzaev because I, I just don't – I feel like at negative 500, first of all, it's not exciting. And second of all – if Silva's got a puncher's chance, I'm not messing around with that. But yeah. straight pick here, Omar Gadzaev, uh probably by by TKO with ground and pound. Was he – who was the one that you said people should get in on if they could? Was it Javi Basharat. Do you like the number uh, minus 135? I do, I do, and I actually think – so I said that before I had done enough research on or, uh, Oren Collin because – I think I even mentioned in the show before, I, I wasn't super familiar with Oren Collin. I had to remind myself about what I had seen from him. So uh, when the number came out, I, I don't think you have to run to the, the bookie to get negative 175. I, I think actually you might wind up seeing money come in on Cowan late. Um, so like it, it's at negative 175 right now for Basharat. It wouldn't surprise me to see that number come down a little bit. So I, I'm, I might. Oh, this is a risky thing to say right now, but oh. I, might, I might even wait on him and see if it comes down further um, before I got in on him because I, I think Basharat's gonna wind up like I'm gonna just wager a guess here, negative one thirty by fight time, um, and it, it you're gonna want negative one thirty on Basharat. Do you see any numbers going crazy like they have every other week? Oh, like, oh my I guess, god. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, Gadzi Omar Gadzaev is going to be negative 1,000 by fight time. Um, yeah. It really wouldn't surprise me to see Christian Quinanez, uh up in, like, the negative 500s. Um, I'll also say this. I, I think, it, it, you know, you, you asked, is there somebody you need to run to the books to get in on? I think Olivier Murad might be that guy. Um, because, yeah. like, I think – I think people are going to inherently trust the Chinese fighters less and less the more they learn about him. And as the the bets come in, they're going to come in on, you know, Murad is, I believe, is he from Guam? He's a Guam fighter. Um, Like, I I think the money is going to come on the guy from Guam. I think the money is going to come in on the Brazilian. I think the money is going to come in on the the Mexican, all fighting the, the Chinese fighters. So, like, if you like one of the people who is fighting against the fighters from China, the Kinanez or the Murad. Like I said, I don't really like Kareem Silva, but like if you like one of those, those would be the ones I'd say to get on early because like that that Jacksonville card made Chinese fighters coming from the Performance Institute not look that, that great and made the competition at WLF look really bad. And I uh, yeah. I think Murad is a guy who is a number you should jump on. 
There you go. I see it anywhere as of Wednesday evening. Um, as we record this, I see them, depending on where you're looking, anywhere from plus 130 up to plus 188. So you may even get them better than the plus 165 I, I quoted um, when I did the breakdown on. So, um, But these numbers seem to go crazy after we put our um, the podcast to bed every week, which all the more reason that you make sure you want to get it. Listen to us immediately and uh, on our MMA gambling podcast feeds. So, uh, who's getting contracts, Dan? Um, I'm almost positive. Like I, I love Javid Bashara. I, I don't mean to keep tooting his horn, but I, I think he walks out with a contract pretty easily. I think I think the UFC is going to be dumb to pass on Colton England um, if he wins that fight. Uh, I think luckily for him, Manuel Torres is going to make him fight less like technically safe than he typically does. Um, and that may play well into his hands. He was already on Dana White's looking for a fight. He he must not have looked good enough to Dana then, but like, I think technically he's really there. Um, I, I think probably Kinones and Omar Gadzaev, just because I don't really respect their opponents all that much. Yeah. Um, but, but Kui Hui Yan, I don't know so much about her. I don't, I don't think she's so ready. And Dana also seems to be writing off a lot of fighters who are like 5-0 and and being like, they're young, they'll come back. Um, yeah. And Olivier Murad has that feel to him. Yeah. You would think if any of the Chinese fighters from the, their institute do win, you would think he would want to give them contracts probably, right? Make them look good? Make, I mean, make their I, I mean, development maybe, program look good? But why not just sign him if that's the case then? And he's done yeah, that with true. some of them, and, and yeah. it didn't really work out with a lot of them. So, yeah. Um, I think he's trying this to be like, are we wasting money over there? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. So that is that. Um, we will be, I think we've given you guys enough, enough good content. Plus you're going to want to, everyone stop listening now to, to go rush off and make bets and, and all your picks. So um, we'll put this one to bed. We got some huge UFC events coming up, which is nice to see. We got back-to-back pay-per-views. UFC 267, we will be breaking down on Wednesday's podcast. And then next week, we will be doing UFC 268. So that is good news. But uh, in the meantime, make sure you watch the fights on Tuesday. Um, If you are watching them, uh, come to the SGPN Slack channel. Look for the Fights channel. Get in there, and you can have some fun with us talking about the fights and seeing which 1.2 fights Dang gets wrong this week because he's guaranteed uh, 80%. So... He'll get one fight wrong plus 20% of another fight wrong. So I don't know how that's going to play out or how that's going to look in real life, but it'll happen somehow. Um, other than that, follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. Read all our stuff on MMA-Manifesto.com and at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Hmm. I guess that's all. Anything else we need to tell him, Dan? No, you nailed it all. All right. You, you want to uh, take us home? See I, think I'm the, again? I think I'm the Wednesday guy, but I'll take this one. Right, no, I'm, uh... Okay, go. I'm Daniel Gubby Freeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we will see you next week. Next week? Ah, uh, not, not, not Wednesday. We'll see you Wednesday. 